Hey, yo, what's good, what's good, what's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the role podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never here. Yo, yo, what up? We got DJ D-Miles. What's good, what's good? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah. What's good, fellas? Yes. What up? So much, man. This is the first time we've actually recorded with all of us alone. In a long time. <laughs> we've yeah. had literally guest after guest after yeah. guest. Yeah. LA. Usually we try to like, uh, you know, every other week do a guest and then us, a guest and us, but mm-hmm. we've just had so many like killer guests you know come through homie's been in so it's just been back to back guests Mm -hmm. but just to let y'all know we are gonna take a break a month long break in March Mm -hmm. so we're not gonna have any new episodes in March Um, uh, we're just taking a break we're kind of just restructuring a couple of things and just getting ready to relaunch in April so the Mm -hmm. our first episode will be the first Wednesday in April so it's actually a good time to like kind of like listen to our back catalog and and listen to some some of the past episodes that we had and, and get caught up Y'all got a month to get caught up in that. <laughs> yeah. right? We'll see you back April 5th. Yeah. yeah. We'll be back April 5th, that Wednesday. And we have, mm-hmm. and honestly, if all things go well, we're going to have an ill fucking episode for you. With a bang. Yeah, we're going to come <laughs> out, you know. Swinging. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, we have a bananas episode ready for you April 5th. It's the home run. Crazy. Let's see. Crazy, crazy shit. It's yeah. going to be hard to beat that hip-hop episode that we had, but... We're going to (laughs) try. Yeah. I mean, just uh, recently, I don't know if anyone saw uh, or listened to the last hip hop episode, but I mean, we we had video clips that went viral. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know. We had like over 600,000 views on one clip on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And honestly, Bootleg Kev, the last, that conversation that Bootleg Kev had with uh, Drake. Not having a classic album. Drake and J. J. Cole Cole. not having classic albums. That was, I think that's around 375. Yeah. 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 And TikTok's doing well. Like, I think TikTok's at half. I saw Bootleg and I was like, bro, this clip, this clip is at six figures. He was like, what? Yeah. He's like, send me that right away. And I hit Jamie. <laughs> yeah. He was like, no way. I was like, bro, like that shit was like an ill conversation, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I mean, yo, like the, the hip hop episode, if you guys haven't checked it out, definitely fucking check it out. Because yeah. I don't know, there's like all types of motherfuckers who listen to it. Like, I mean, uh, you go ahead and flex, bro. Yeah. Or like Elliot, Elliot Wilson, right? From yeah. Rap Radar. Yes. Um, yeah. On the low, like hip hop texted us. And he said that actually Jay Jay Z heard that. That's <laughs> crazy. On his way to Dubai. Yeah, yeah he he just texted us. He's like, "Yo, uh, yo, Jay heard it." And I'm like, "For real? How you know?" He's like, "I think uh, on his way to Dubai because he probably listened to it right when Beyonce was performing in Dubai. Yeah, she had that big yeah. performance. Yeah. And so Jay listened to the shit, and then he texted us like a couple days later. He's like, "Hey, yo, uh, Cole, listen to it." That's crazy. Wow, that was my so, so it's like he said like Jay Cole listened to the shit. And he actually, and this is the crazy shit. Jay Z and J Cole forwarded that episode to multiple people. Yeah. So yeah. they listened to it, and then they forwarded it to multiple people. Yeah. So yeah. J Cole forwarded it to Abe, mm-hmm. um, president of Dreamville Records, and J Cole's manager, who's yeah. also, uh, you know, Moma's the homie. Yeah. yeah. He's Moma's like little brother. Yeah. But Abe tweeted it out, and he listened to it, and he gave us kind of props and everything like that. But yeah, I mean that that episode was is crazy. It's it was monumental for us. I love that there was mad people that were hitting me up that aren't in our industry. Yeah, that knew about it. That's what I mean. It just yeah. crossed over to like I had year. homies that are like play like that are like NBA coaches. Wow, like, yo, y'all are on rap radar, bro. Like Shut I was the, like, yeah, holy man. shit! Like they, they they were they were retweeting it. Yeah. So like mad athletes were seeing it. Like 
posts that like websites, blogs I didn't even know of were like posting it. It was insane. Now I was getting DMs that Barstool was it was on Barstool. Yeah. Like, yeah. Shout yeah. out to KFC, right? KFC, yeah. our guy over there, man. Yeah. I mean, you've been talking with KFC yeah. from Barstool. He's been showing a lot of love. He loves the hip hop talks. He he just loves the I think just the interactive between friends is just talking like hip hop shit. He enjoys that, and then he gives us he gives us a shout out on his uh like two times on his show on Barstool. Yeah, yep. it's so pretty nuts. So like it, it's kind of dope these conversations that we're having that really is like kind of like regular music heads and DJ yeah. music yeah. heads are talk. Are, yeah, it was sorry. barbershop talk. Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Bar, I mean, Barstool Sports did a whole you know write yeah. up on us and shit like that. So but it, it's like a little bit deeper because it's like no one. The I think the great part of hip hop is that no one realized that there was this dude under the radar behind the scenes mm -hmm. that was shaping the sound of Rockefeller yeah and yeah. picking all these beats for all of these albums for all these artists no one knew that there was and, and that's crazy that nobody knew knew this knew no. about him they didn't know any what he was doing and yeah. what you know what I'm saying so mm -hmm. I think like his hand in like signing Kanye West all this shit like it just it goes unheard of yeah. motherfuckers don't talk the, the crazy shit is like, I was talking with somebody like, yo, the hip hop shit was dope. You guys should talk to like more like rappers and shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yo, I don't want to talk to more rappers. I don't want to talk to rappers. <laughs> I want to talk to the dudes behind the scenes. Producers, yeah. A&R. Like, executives yeah. or yeah. people yeah. responsible for the rappers' I, I music. Really, yeah, I really want to talk to more motherfuckers behind the scenes who are like pushing the buttons yeah. and making the big decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to talk to these these rappers who are just like out in the public and they're in the limelight. And you're not just, gonna get you're yeah. not gonna get the truth from them. I'm no. not gonna get the truth. Yeah, they, they they're all gonna be like delusional to some yeah. point, right? Yeah, the Sir Charles of the world or the hip hops Yo, of the yeah, world. Yo, Dante yeah. Voss, if you're listening, we want you on the podcast. Well, he 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 gave us a shout out. He listened to uh, oh, yeah. hip hop as so, and he said that was one of the best hip hop episodes he's ever heard. Uh, of him being interviewed. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Dante Ross. Dante wow. Ross said he wants to come on when he finishes his book. Yeah. Yeah. But he's been saying that he said for that like, like three, three years ago. Three years ago. <laughs> still writing that thing, huh? He's like, yo, when I finish my book, I'll come on. When I finish my book, I'll come It's a long ass book he's writing. Huh? Like, Dante, just, just come on. Just bro. come on, man. Just come on. Let's promote the book the here. Shit. There's been so much shit going on behind the scenes for us Yeah, that mm -hmm. we just kind of like, uh, we want to regroup and take a month off. And I don't, I don't know what it is. You remember we, you and I were talking earlier this year? We're, I, I just feel real burnt out. I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. I've been speaking to a lot of other motherfuckers, too, mm -hmm. like outside of my industry, and yeah. everyone's just burnt out. Like, my brain is fried, bro. I, mean, I can't even call it, man. I don't know what it is, right? Yeah. I, I, it's just like everyone I know is like kind of burnt out or like just hitting a wall, yeah. and mm -hmm. they just need a break. So I was just yeah. like, yo, instead, I, just like, I feel like this is the right time for us to take a small break mm -hmm. and then come back. I feel like 2022 went by so fast, but it maybe it was the first year that we were really full speed mm. since everything, right? Well, maybe because, the first year that we got back into things since um the pandemic. Yeah, because we were like, in the 2020 was kind of like whatever. It was like 25% capacity, trying, trying to figure out everything, <laughs> trying to figure out our next move. Mm -hmm. 2021, we were like, okay, like our thing is opening. We weren't really traveling, Transition right? Period. And then last year it was like, we was moving. Like we was traveling. We was gigging. Yeah. Like, we was mm -hmm. recording. Like, we was really full speed, man. Yeah. So, I think maybe that's had something to do with it. 
Nah, for sure. Nem, you and I were saying we're sick of traveling a yeah. little oh, bit. Yeah, oh yeah, we were talking about that the other day. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we've I'm been traveling a lot, man. Yeah, I think, I don't know, something is like, I'm sick of the people in airports, I'm, t- I'm sick of planes. <laughs> no, it's like, it's bad, yo. Like, yo, I was on a flight here to, like, I think I was leaving you, Vegas. You were going to San Diego. I was going to San Diego, and I've never had this before. Mm-hmm. They had to, like, wheel two white dudes off, two different white dudes, yeah. because they were cracked out. They were, like, fainting. I've never seen that before. I, <laughs> I don't even know what it was. It wasn't coke because these dudes couldn't. I, someone was saying it was Percocets uh-huh. or like some type of downers. You say he changed colors. No, this dude couldn't. Like he was like he was turning blue uh-huh. and then he t- was turning green. But I've never seen someone's face turn white and Jesus. then blue and then green. It was like the blood was was like Drain. leaking out of his fucking soul. It was crazy. He was sitting right oh, behind shit, me. Man. And it was two dudes? It was one dude that was sitting right behind me, uh-huh. and then it was another dude back. And they was together. And they were like, is there a doctor on board? The doctor was trying to talk to him. He couldn't even talk. He's like, I'm just, um, damn, man, shine my way. It was like his brain was melting. Fried, and, damn. And I, yeah, I've been watching Last of Us. So, oh, so I've been watching Last of Us. There's so, zombie yeah, in the plane. I'm not fucking around. Like I was like, yo, this, and I didn't want to look. I put it on my. I said like, yo, is some shit gonna pop off? It's gonna pop off. Gonna, I'm sitting right behind him, so I'm gonna get sprayed. Or some <laughs> some spores are gonna go on me, and and it's a wrap, you know. But like, yo, they wheeled this dude out, and they wheeled the other guy out, and it was just like, I'm just tired of traveling. Like, just motherfuckers. I like, think it's we getting older, and we just tired of no everybody. Nah. Every yeah. everyone's like sick sick of the whole shit. Like mm-hmm. everyone. Just motherfuckers are sick of it. That's why home if it was just me, I'd be like, yo, just fucking man up. You mm-hmm. know, like, just go through it. Just but do it, it. I'm telling you, like, there's multiple people telling me they're over this shit. Yeah, man. Speaking, yeah. speaking of traveling, a couple of weeks ago, you was out of town. Yeah. And you was, and oh. it was like late night, I guess you was like drink, getting your drink on while you was working. Yeah. You was feeling nice. And you was like drunk tweeting. Nah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the infamous drunk tweeting. What was up with that, man? <laughs> yeah, you was you was really on one that day, huh? A lot of I wasn't, I wasn't even mad about that either, man. I was just like. I mean, but it wasn't like I was mad at anything, right? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Actually, the opposite. No, no. <laughs> you was dropping some knowledge, man. Never text me at two in the morning. He's like, yo, you seen this shit? I'm like, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me read the tweet. Right? <laughs> okay, right. pull them up. I was like, DJs, DJs, take a moment, remember where you were last year, and think now to this year and how much you've grown. Appreciate the progression, and remember the motherfuckers who helped you. You guys are blessed. Love your circle, y'all. Salud. Drunk text hashtag. <laughs> now, you know how drunk I was. If I didn't say drunk tweet, I said drunk text. Like, drunk yeah. text. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but you, you know what it is, is? I think I've, like prior to this, I was seeing a lot of DJs just complaining and bitching about things that didn't even matter. Yeah. Little things. Little things. Mm-hmm. And it's just maybe to me, I was just, I just felt like maybe we're all kind of like, even if motherfuckers think they're not doing right or they're, they're struggling, mm-hmm. I feel like everyone's doing a little bit better than they were the year before. Yeah, but I, definitely. I, but I think the problem is no one looks at progression uh, in a year, like in the standards of a year. They only look at progression like week to week or day to day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you're being too hard on yourself because we're all allowed a bad week, a bad day or a bad month. Mm-hmm. But what you gotta got to do is just take a moment and look at where you were last year and be like, yo, I'm in a better place. It could be mm. financial. It could be personal. It could be spiritually. It could be, you know, physically. But more, more than likely, you're, you're in a better place. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? No, definitely. And it's funny. I saw that tweet because right after 
at that time I was just got off of work. I felt like I kind of had a good night. Yeah. And then I was thinking to myself last year at this time, I was like totally opposite. I was I wasn't like in a good mood. I had just lost my parents. Right. My health was like really fucked up. Mm-hmm. I was over drinking. It was just like um, overindulging, eating a lot of fucking shit. I was just like in bad shape. But then, I, like, even like when I was getting my gig, doing my gigs, I wasn't like confident with what I was doing. I just felt like kind of lost because I was still trying to find my groove after the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, I'm thinking about how I'm, what I'm doing right now. I'm in better shape. I've been taking care of myself. I feel like my DJing's gotten better. Mm-hmm. And I'm just feeling myself. I just feel yeah, happy. I feel you. Feel yeah. it. Yeah. And it's funny. And after, see, mood. after seeing that tweet, I'm just like, <laughs> she in a mood. Oh, I, I, exactly, mood. man. Yeah. She in a mood. Yeah. I like it. That's your yeah. anthem this month. What's that? She, she in a mood. <laughs> the ice spice jar. Ice spice. She in a mood. Never spice. When you know, never in the mood. When you when you get out of your shower and you getting ready, just throwing the ice spice. She in a mood. She in a mood. Get money too. <laughs> you a baddie with your baddie friend. I like it. <laughs> you have a baddie friend. No, I'm not his baddie friend. I'm not his baddie friend. I'm his baddie friend. You know he's killing it because he's actually he's got he's got podcast groupies right now. Oh let's, let's not call them that. <laughs> I feel like let's say, let's say uh, no, some no. supporters from the podcast. He's got podcast fans. Out of everybody, oh. never gets like the yeah. we know you from the real no. podcast the yeah. most. No, no. Jamie used to get a lot of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie at first, yeah. But yeah, it's it. good that Never's getting and now shot. Now. Why is Never getting it now? That's crazy. Man. I don't know, man. I don't know. Never be getting it. Like. This is your year, man. <laughs> this, is the year. this is your year, bro. Yeah, 2023. Yeah. The summer yeah. of Never? The summer <laughs> of Never. The summer of George from Seinfeld? <laughs> the summer of Never. <laughs> the summer of Never. <laughs> but just like you said, when you look at your progression over the year, mm-hmm. over the last year, and I tell this to Jamie a lot. All the time. I said like, yo, because he'll tell me, he's like, yo, man, this is fucked up this is fucked up this you get is frustration up. and i say like yo take a second i say where were you last year yeah and i say were you in a worse place and he's usually like yeah i say what have you accomplished since there since a year and he'll name well i did this i do this and i'll have this and i'm like yo fam that's amazing mm-hmm. now look back when you first moved to vegas what did you have and I'm like yo look at look at the past what is it five years yeah i'm like um, look at what you did in five years you know what I'm saying? But sometimes I feel like, you know, even if you're having a good week, you go on social media and then some sh- someone fucking just has having a better week. Yeah. You know? <laughs> some, some have like D Nice posted some shit. I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Someone's top killing hat. it. You know? And then you just feel like, damn, man, like, you know, my shit. I, really I could, be, I could do like better. That. Yeah. I'm and I, I feel like that's what DJs are doing. They're really looking at what other motherfuckers are doing too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just focus on you and what the fuck you're doing. And, yeah. you know, what I'm saying? I was talking to this one DJ from New York. Mm-hmm. Young DJ, really good. He's just like, he's just kind of popping off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he sent me an edit and it was a dope edit. And we were kind of talking about, you know, maybe you could like fix this or like change the drums on this shit. And uh-huh. he's like, yeah, I've been meaning to learn that shit. But, you know, to be honest, like, I, you know, I haven't gotten around to it. And I said like, well, like, you know, why don't you, why don't you try to learn some shit? Like go on YouTube or hire a tutor for like, you know, Appleton or whatever and just start learning the shit. I'm like, yo, just do little by little. And I feel like he hears these editors and he's like, man, they're, they're so far ahead. Yeah, the finished product. Right? Mm-hmm. These editors and these producers are so far ahead. Like, how could I even catch up? I'm just going to keep my shit simple as possible. And I'm like, nah, like, I'm telling you, you the, from what I'm hearing, 
And from what you're telling me, you have the ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you work with somebody that could teach you some of these tools and teach you some of these, like teach you the craft of behind like kind of just production and shit, like every week you'll get better at the shit. Yeah. And it's just like after six months, you'll be like way ahead than you were before. And after a year, you'll be like miles ahead. Yeah. But you, you just got to pull the trigger and do it. And I'm like, from what I'm hearing, you got the ideas. Yeah. And all you're missing is like the technique. Mm-hmm. And if it comes down to learning the technique, like you have some extra dough. You, you're telling me you can't spare like 100 to 200 to 300 a month for tutoring lessons or whatever to like perfect your craft. Yeah. And he was like energized. He was like, no, you're right. Like I could. And I was like, if this is something you want to take seriously, then do it now. But if, you know, like, but if you're telling yourself this for like one year, two years, three years, and you're not doing nothing, then you got to ask yourself, who's fucking you up? Who's holding you back, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and he was energized. He was just like, yo, like, I'm, I'm going to get to it. And then, yo, like, that shit inspired me. Like, after he got energized, I got energized. I was like, yo, <laughs> I was like, yo, I've been meaning to do this. I'm, I, I got I to get started on this. Let me get started on this and, and push ahead, you know? Yeah. But I, I feel like if motherfuckers focus on themselves and realize that they can do this shit, but if they give themselves time... Like, give yourself a year. Give yourself six months. You know what I'm saying? And then I, I just feel like they, sh- they shouldn't be so hard on themselves. And then, like, take that energy and just, like, blast everybody on Twitter. It's like, fuck the world. It's like, nah, like, be grateful for what you have mm-hmm. and, and see what you want. And then, like, start taking steps to, to get it. But give yourself time. Yeah. You know? Because well, um, everyone loves that end result, right? Like, it's hard to, like, yeah. see where you at, see where someone else is at, and try to, like, Get in, get that gap in between, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. to skip to the yeah. To the end. But also, it's like I talk to these, I talk to these like DJs and these editors, and like some of them help each other out, but mm-hmm. some of them just like yo, like they're alone. Mm-hmm. And he sent me the shit, and everyone said yo, it's dope, it's dope. And I was literally the only one that said like, hey, like what about this section here? There's no critique to there's it. There's no critique, you know, yeah. like no one's being honest about shit. And there's a way to be respectful and honest. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with me. Like sometimes I'm too honest about shit. But I, you know, I what I heard was so good. But I was just like, this part isn't working. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like build a circle of motherfuckers that you can actually work with and be critiqued. Yeah. Because I mean, there are times when you know you guys tell me when I'm wrong. Hopefully. Well, I'm just not usually wrong, but what? <laughs> impossible. <laughs> You're always right, man. No, but you guys put me in check, and I'm sure I put you guys in check. Uh, you know, every chance I can get, <laughs> every chance. Maybe overly, put, maybe overly put you in check yeah. or something. Every day, every chance. But if you, that's why I said, like in that tweet, like appreciate your circle. Yeah, yeah. Big, big, big. You know what I'm saying? And like, be grateful for like the people who who you look out for and who look out for you. Yeah, basically, yeah. water with waters you, man. But that was my drunk tea. And the only reason why I put that out was because I was like, everywhere, like that weekend, I, motherfuckers were just taking me to after hours. Yeah. So I was in like Austin and I was hanging with Ash and CRG. Yeah. Shout out to Ash and CRG. Ash took me to this after hours. He took me to the strip club after hours. The shit was popping. Yeah. It was it was kind of it was like I was like, well, okay, this is how Texas do it. Yeah. You know Everything what I'm saying? Everything bigger in Texas, huh? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yo. Them wings the is illest, crazy. One of, yeah, one of the illest strip clubs I've been to was I think in Dallas. It was like a nightclub. And they were playing iller hip hop than the nightclubs. Damn. Yeah. They were playing like hood ass shit, like gut ass shit. I would never hear. Well, Dallas and Houston Dallas. known for that though. Yeah. Yeah. I've yet to go to 
I've yet to go to Houston. Same. And, and you haven't? Nah. I heard the Houston strip nah, was bananas. Different yeah. there, I went, actually I went, but it was during the day. Which was random as hell. Like I got picked up from the airport. Oh no, we know. The guy was like, "You know, nasty boy." The guy was like, "Yo, like they got the ill buffet," and I was like, "Word!" In Houston strip clubs, he's like, "Yeah, they twenty four hours got the ill buffet." So I literally had like a, a brunch buffet while I'm like chilling. That sounds like, nasty. Like, How was the food? Yeah. It was actually really good. Nah, I, had, like, I know. I, I, bet, like, I bet some five star <laughs> shits going on. <laughs> I had like a little omelet, fruit plate. Okay, like I'm a strip club is kind of <laughs> nah. You know, it's not too bad. Right. You know, in Vegas, uh, uh, Crazy Horse Three, uh-huh. they have sushi, which yeah, sounds, tell me that. which yes. sounds nasty as fuck. Yeah, but like you would never, and if, you know, sushi in a strip club sounds like crazy, yeah. but it's actually legit. Like the chef from. I think sushi. Was it, uh, you, I remember. Uh, we, vocal, wait, wait. Was it sushi Voku? Sushi Roku. Yeah, I think he he works there and he brings like the leftover fish. That's Damn. crazy. Because mm-hmm. I had it and I was like, yo, this is like really No, good it's sushi. legit. Yeah. Five yeah, stars, crazy. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> crazy Horse 3 has legit sushi. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would, I mean, yeah, I would eat it. I've eaten it. Yeah, You've I've eaten, eaten it. it. Yeah, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I've eaten the sushi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But but in Austin, in a, in that strip club, after we went, Ashley, oh, I can't hang with these motherfuckers. They can roll. Yeah. <laughs> Ash, CRG can roll, boy. CRG wasn't with us, but Ash could keep going. Like, yeah. Ash took me to this after hours that was playing house music. Mm-hmm. And it was just a vibe, man. And I was just like, "Damn, this is dope!" Like, yeah, like fuck sleep. Did he have the sprinter? Did he have the sprinter? Yeah, he had the sprinter. <laughs> he has this party sprinter that he yeah. takes. Yo, his, yeah, it's just he got a custom sound system in the sprinter, like with like crazy subwoofers, like the shit was like a nightclub. Yes. CRG's posted. Yeah. They got a stripper pole in it, didn't it? It does have a yeah. stripper pole. <laughs> and then the next night, I'm in Salt Lake City. I'm hanging with Bangarang after the, after I did Sky. Yeah. And then um. <laughs> So then uh, I was drinking, obviously, with him. We go to after hours. And I'm telling you, this after hours was like, it was like a hood after hour spot. It was all hip hop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were playing nothing but gutter ass hip hop. So it was like the complete antithesis of what I, what the after hours that I went to in Austin. Yeah. It was like the complete opposite. Yeah. And I swear, when we were walking in, it was like the tunnel. Yeah. It was just like all these motherfuckers outside mm-hmm. waiting to get in. Wow. And I, I didn't even know Salt Lake City had that many black people. I think he might have took that spot. Did you have to go down the stairs? <laughs> Yo, son, I didn't realize there were that many black people in yeah. Salt Lake City. It was like, it was. I'm not saying it was all black, but it was predominantly nah, black. Nah, the last yeah, time nah. I was out there, I spoke with the cab driver and I asked him, I was like, yo, it was a black dude. And I was like, yo, is there a lot of black people out here? How many is there of us? And he was like, yo, it's, it's a lot of us out here, man. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, he was like, you'd be surprised. <laughs> he did the Wakanda sign after that, huh? <laughs> yo, like we got, we, we went up to the door. I was like, yo, there's no way we're going to get in, right? Bangarang had like one of the managers come out. He got us. We uh-huh. walked through like, we it was come like, on, bro. You we walked through Bangarang? the crowd. We went inside and it's like, I, we went in. I was like, I don't know. Someone just gave me a blunt. And I just well, someone just gave you the blunt. So <laughs> blunt just magically appeared, appeared in the like, cipher. Oh. You know, yo, I felt like you know the you know when Belly when Nas walks in. Yeah, yeah, that's how it felt when like I was they walking. Faces in. was glowing. Yeah, it's glowing. And it, and it was like everything was in slow motion. Someone hands me a blunt, and I'm just like that. And we're taking back, shots. Back to life was playing in the background. Yeah, <laughs> back to strobe lights going. <laughs> and the whole time I'm like, this is Salt Lake City. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Is, like I like no one even takes me to this shit in New York like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we go in and then bangers is like, nah, let's go. we gonna go in the back. We go in the back and there's a fucking kitchen in the back. Uh-huh. Like a like a like a commercial kitchen, and there's this lady making soul food. Dude, that's crazy though, man. Yeah. Like real soul food. Like, like real. Mom, like know? greens. 
Like three, uh, this macaroni. is like two thirty three in the morning. Yes, right? yams. Yes, yeah, yeah. Fresh the yams. Yams. Oh, mac and cheese. On, mac man. and cheese. It was like, and it was twenty dollars a plate. That's you, that's a good that's a good fucking good meal. Yeah. yeah, I gave. I was like, yo, it was like three of us. I'm like, yo, like three plates, and I tipped her twenty dollars. Yeah, and then um, it was just it was insane, and she's just like, you know, when you meet the chef. And she just looked like she just she lives for this. She yeah. just loves to just cook. The moment. And yeah. like feed motherfuckers, right? Yeah. And it was just and I'm just picturing Big Mama <laughs> in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> she was actually pretty like she was pretty petite and like, you know, fit and whatever. But uh-huh. I'm in this moment, I just felt a lot of love. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, like I'm in Salt Lake. I'm at a gutter hip hop spot. They're playing like Finito. They're playing like Chief Keef. They're yeah. playing like hood ass shit, and everyone's like singing along. And I'm eating soul food. I'm with Bangarang. I'm with, and I'm, I'm talking with strangers. We're just talking about mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah. And I was just like, yo, this is beautiful. Like, like life is good. Life is good. And that's when that tweet went out. Yeah. Because I was just like, yo, I'm, you know, I'm just grateful to be like traveling as as much as we hate traveling right now. But like, I'm I'm just grateful to be in this situation. We're working in general. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like eating soul food. It was just like, it was just like, I was in a good place. You said, hold my play. I got a tweet real quick. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, it's probably when I got home, back to my room and I saw all this shit. I don't know what the fuck was going on, but I saw all this shit. And it's just disappointing, man. Like, I don't want DJs. I feel like people get in this routine with social media of how they interact. And they think this is the only way I can interact with social media. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's like, yo, like change that narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like stop trying to play the victim. You know what I mean? Like It's so easy when you see other people really killing it and you feel like you're not there. Yeah, but I but feel like you everyone- You victimizing yourself a little bit, like downing yourself. Like, well, why am I not doing this? But- like we're saying, it's all steps, man. Like you told the, the young DJ producer, like yeah, one of my favorite quotes was like Kobe Bryant years ago, but I, it always pops up on my feed for whatever reason. And he talks about getting better every day. And mm-hmm. like for him, he wasn't like a, this phenom athlete, but he would, you know, if he would start two hours a day, then he'll make it three hours a day working out. And then, you know, doing it over years of time, he got better. It wasn't just some quantum leap. Or he just got good all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? But when you look back and you climb that mountain, it's because you took those steps to climb the mountain. You don't just jump on the fucking top of the mountain, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the, the, the thing is, the the tough shit about Kobe is that, like, no one really liked him, though, right? No. They but thought he was an asshole. <laughs> we loved him, bro. L.A. loved him. But see, like, at, at the time, right, everyone was like, he's the biggest asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, since he passed, everyone's, like... Sentimental about yeah. it. Sentimental about <laughs> we it, We right? love him. We miss him. <laughs> Yo, some of the shit I used to hear motherfuckers say about Kobe, he was, he was, yeah. he was to himself. Was himself. really fucked up. Yeah, I mean, half of LA didn't like him because they felt like he ro- he drove Shaq out of town. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, but really? he, was, he was a kid. You know what I mean. Like so, like the 17, 18, 19 But you know, he, he kind of did run Shaq out of yeah, town. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they had they beef, man. But yeah. you know, the the forty the forty year old Kobe had a different perspective, I and mean, he's probably looking back and reminiscing on all these things and saw what it took for him to get to those levels. Yeah, you know, and it wasn't just like. He was just a phenom. Like he worked for that shit. You know what I'm saying? And we, that, you know, for us, like we we got to do the same shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just I think like let's change how we interact with social media. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like it's been this one way. You know, it's like DJ Twitter is so miserable, and I feel like there's this one way of interacting. And why can't we change the shit? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like we we control like the content we create. Right. So like, motherfuck- I feel like motherfuckers don't realize 
you're creating this content on your page. Right. Mm-hmm. So whatever this bitchy, complaining attitude is, it there's literally a log <laughs> of you bitching and being a fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you, you're creating this log and this representation of yourself being a miserable fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, why don't we change that narrative? And then when people actually meet you, that's the expectation they have of you. Yeah, and then they're like, well, that's not me. What, what, what do you what expect from me? <laughs> like, I'm totally different in real life. Yeah, but, like, how do are I you? know that yeah. shit? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, and then the question is this. Like, are you really this other person in right. real life? Or we, which is the real you? Right. Because all I have to go off of is this reference of you being miserable. Right. So mm-hmm. maybe, like, you know, maybe your approach to social media is, why don't I practice not going into this negative space and sharing it with everyone? And maybe let me handle that shit on my own mm-hmm. or with a therapist. And let me let me showcase different aspects of my talent, my craft, and my motivation and inspiration on my fucking Twitter feed. Yeah. That not only helps myself, but helps other motherfuckers. You know what's crazy? I was I was talking to a booker, a few bookers actually in the past couple of years, and they I always be like, yo, why don't you hire this DJ? Why don't you book this DJ? And they're like, I don't know, bro. Social media makes me kind of iffy, and it's kind of a risk factor. You don't know who you're going to get or what you're going to get with some Yo, that's people. what I'm saying. Like, yo, you don't yeah. realize these motherfuckers, there's been a couple DJs that I had to, like, like I told them, they're like, yo, we want to book this DJ, and da-da-da-da, but they... But they're on social media crazy. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, that's not really them. Right. Yeah, and I've had to defend them and shit. But in the end, it's like, yo, you don't know. And how really- many times do we like talk about people that get booked just off the strength of being likable mm-hmm. or being personable? You know, and that's a reflection of their social media as well. Maybe they know how to like, you know, present themselves on social media that comes off to the bookers. Like, oh, that, that seems like a likable guy. Yeah, like he might be good for the club. We know he's not an asshole. He's like he, someone he may not even have the greatest skills, but he's just a likable dude. I, I think you got to find like you know a balance of just you know like being likable and not and not being a dick rider. That's yeah, a happy, <laughs> a happy medium. You know, that's the that's the yeah yeah just, yeah, just tread water like you know like you it's good to be likable, but like when you get start getting to dick ride, you know like when you dick ride in like a motherfucker, then it's like all right the difference need, between yeah you need the whole you pull this strainer back. A little bit, you know get, I, get off the dick for a bit. Uh, get off the dick for a bit. Yeah, it's funny. We we talk about Twitter. This there, I saw somebody tweet something, and it kind of like, I know this is exactly what bothered me. This okay. is one of the things that bothered. The floor is yours. Go ahead, buddy. So DJ tweeted this out. He said, "Any open format DJ can play straight house for hours, mm-hmm. but not all house DJs can play open format for hours." That's a false. Uh, and Tondo, I love Tondo. He said respectfully, no. DJ in house is a totally different thing. I highly doubt that most could play a set of the same caliber as a working house DJ. There's records that you guys just won't know, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's 100% true. So then everyone was kind of chiming in. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this ignorance, right, that open format DJs have with house music and how and EDM. Yes. I, I think there's like an ignorance on how to DJ house and then how DJs like drop EDM songs in the middle of their open format sets. Mm-hmm. You know, basically we can say is like, it's basically like a hip hop way of playing house. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. And we can all agree that actual DJs who play house and play EDM professionally, right. They're DJing a completely different way than open format. 100%. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, if you don't get it, 
you actually don't get the finer the elegance of how it is the dj house yes yeah. but I, I responded to this and i said i completely agree with tondo right playing house in an open format set especially now it's so brash and abrasive there's an elegance and subtlety to playing house not edm effectively and having good taste in house is way more important than an open format i think 80 percent of all open format djs have horrendous taste 80, i just think 80 percent. yeah so wait do you do you guys agree with me or you don't agree with me about the eighty percent, yes, uh, I think eighty percent is. I, I mean, I'm not all. That's very bold statement. That's a strong, I, I that's a strong number, eighty percent. But mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that's a vast majority. Yeah. I'm like, I wouldn't, yeah, that have horrendous taste. Yeah, yeah, that's a vast majority. You think so? I think there's elements to that that are true. Yeah, especially in big rooms. And what percentage would you guys say? Because I, I was gonna say, say like, seventy five. I was gonna but say I mean, like it's not far off from 80. sixty. I would say 60, 60, 60, 60, 70 65. <laughs> I mean, that's not far from 80, though. It's I think but 80 is 8 out of 10. I'm yeah. thinking like 6 out of 10. Well, I would say this. How many DJs in open format, right, have good taste and actually are tastemakers and are like playing records that like you would never think to play mm-hmm. and making them work and then like making those records the next anthems? Handful. A handful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the 20% I'm talking about. Yeah. Everyone else is following that lead. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of open format DJs that are leading in that way. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's yeah. why I say there's 80, 80%. Mm-hmm. Especially, there's a lot of DJs that are hearing other DJs, copying what they do, you know, watching boiler room sets, mm-hmm. watching uh, Instagram freestyle sets, watching routines looking at IG story recap songs and doing all of this shit and they're following the lead of everyone. They're going on playlists. They're doing all of that shit. But these DJs are not necessarily, you know what I'm saying, leading the way in taste and what to play. Yeah, That's why I'm saying that's 80%. Mm-hmm. In a house set, right, when you're DJing house, it's really about the DJ displaying their tastes and their production, right? Mm-hmm. Their remixes and they're being creative. But the way they're, ma- they're, they're uh, mixing these songs... Is so subtle, especially if you go back and you listen to like Eric Murillo. Oh yeah, well, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or or like, uh, dude, like these the way Eric Murillo used to DJ, he would loop a baseline from one rec- from one record, and then he would double it up with a drum from another record, and he'd have two CDJs looping, mm-hmm. and then he'd loop the beginning vocals acapella of another record, and he creates a song, and then he lets the fucking acapella run. And then he lets the baseline run an extra two bars and just loops it for four or six bars or eight bars. And then he's, it's just like this, this, he's like literally producing live mm-hmm. and it's flawless. And he'll yeah. do this for hours. He'll do this for hours, hours. like six to eight yeah. hours, yeah. creating new music mm-hmm. live. Yeah. Whereas like an open format DJ is like, if you're playing something with a fat man scoop acapella, you know what I'm saying? And you're and you're just playing this remix after remix and edit after edit. You're not doing shit, and it's like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're not playing a house set. That's not a house set. Mm-hmm. You're not like doing anything musical. You're like you're doing like paint by numbers. Yeah, basically. You know what I'm saying? So like a lot of open format DJs DJ like that. Yeah, they paint by numbers. You know what I'm saying? They're not mm-hmm. putting their fucking ass on the line and taking risks, and depending on their taste in music, for like two hour sets. Yeah, you know, like if you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a whore myself. So if if I'm playing for myself or if I'm playing for my taste only, that might only be 15 minutes out of a two hour set. Yeah, if that, mm-hmm. if that. Well, I think but I'm learning to do like 30 yeah. minutes. I'm learning to like input myself a little bit more. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I am really just depending on reading a crowd. Yeah. Where house DJs, I feel like they're really, you know, they are reading a crowd, but they're really, really displaying their taste in music. They're not trying to just play the the known edit or the known remix that everyone but wants just, to But hear. you also got to think that crowd that's come to hear the house DJ, they know what they get. They know what they expect to hear because they, they know the DJ. Right. Yeah. And but they know but that style. doesn't happen overnight. That oh, takes, no, of it course takes, not. It takes, yeah. it takes years and years of doing that. Shit, of course, right? yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that's why they built that crowd, yeah. right? They built Where, that following. Whereas an open format DJ is not doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're working for a club. Yeah. You know, and, and they're really kind of just like, they're trying to just play whatever they can to keep the crowd going mm-hmm. and to make the club money. Yeah. yeah. And it's two different focuses. And that's what I was going to e- say. Each focus should be respected and applaud it because a house dj definitely couldn't do an open format room like that right Mm -hmm. right it's very soul sucking it's very servicing right yeah there is like there's an ego involved but the ego is to like how can i please this room Mm. into my best abilities yeah right so that should be respected but also the open format dj should respect the house house DJ dj and what they've built and that, that shit doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. It's not about mixing two records at once. One one guy said something that I thought was kind of disrespectful, but I, I, I don't think he meant to be disrespectful. I think it was just out of ignorance. Right. So he said, how hard is it to go on B-Port to find some tracks, then look up similar artists? You can literally stream it straight to Serato. House is by far the easiest thing to mix. It's just a groove. Um, one of the most crazy things I've ever heard was similar to that. Was someone was like, they're all 128 to 130 BPM. You can yeah. just mix them all. And I'm like, nah, bro. It ain't that simple. There's an art <laughs> to that shit, bro. <laughs> That's the craziest thing you could ever say. It's, it's funny. We were just having a conversation on like a couple of sets that we heard from certain DJs uh-huh. yeah. who were mixing or quick mixing these songs where the energy didn't fit with one song to another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just didn't make any sense, right? Yeah. No, not at all. It was like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was like someone playing Be Faithful into First Class and then First Class into like I don't know holla back girl yeah it's like the energies are completely different and we were just like switching it like if yeah. if you You're went from first class to like be faithful into holla back girl that would make more sense right because it's building energy exactly yeah. Yeah. but it's like a lot of DJs don't really know that that's why I said 80% of like open format DJs are really paint by numbers to me dude mm-hmm. also a lot of open format DJs don't know how to mix they just know how to drop the songs at the right time I mean yeah, I mean, we can go into. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're, just, we're, we're literally down yeah. the rabbit hole. We're literally <laughs> yeah. like, look, I don't want to shit on our peers. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because we're all in open format. Yeah, but it's like you have to be kind of like aware of where you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And house music is not about just mixing records in 128 BPM. I got it. No, there's, you know, there's, there's literally an art form to it. There is. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then go out of your circle and go to a house party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go and, listen to these greats, man. I mean, like, go listen to these house DJs, these amazing house DJs. And I'm sure you have some amazing house DJs in your city. Go listen to them and how they carry a night. And I don't mean just go prime time. Go from, like, beginning to end. Yeah. I honestly think there's a lot of DJs that don't go out ever. And I think that's the biggest fucking problem right now is y'all yeah. motherfuckers not going out. Y'all not. Yeah. Like Mo- you said before, they're looking at Instagram, the stories. Yo. It, I, and they're taking the ideas from that. Yo, like, oh, we, we have this conversation all the time. Openers, like opening is a dead art. Right. I don't yeah. think anyone, like I, at this point, I'm not even going to complain about openers because I just don't think like motherfuckers care anymore. Like I don't even think it's going to exist in like five years. Yeah. The, uh, the art of opening a night. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna. You think it's gonna go just headlining one DJ across the board? I don't know. I just, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't think it's gonna go back to that, man. I don't think that they're not clubs gonna. They're not gonna let that happen. What do you mean? Clubs like, don't give a fuck. Keep, I mean, they, clubs they, are giving a fuck less and less, man. Yeah, as long as you're making the money and they keeping people. We were just talking about this. They're giving a yeah. the fuck less. I mean, and but less. they 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 want that star DJ. They don't want and that star DJ don't want to do a whole six hours. I mean, they'll have one opener for that one DJ, but. All in all, like the, the that's other what I'm saying. Days, that's why, have full that's why they were never dead opening DJs, and that's gonna be a struggle for people that don't know those long sets. And honestly, it, culturally, it's just different, right, with the two genres. Because with open format, the shit you got to deal with to navigate a night is completely different from what you know. When's the last time you heard a house set and then they had to like cut the music to do something special for a bottle presentation? That, that doesn't happen. In a house club, no. you know what I'm saying. Wait, where, the music is pumping when the bottles are coming out, no matter what. Nothing's changing, mm-hmm. and so like I feel like taste making um, is a, is more acceptable in that genre. Wait, well, Eric, Morelli, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen in the open format world because we do know some dope open format DJs that are tastemakers. Dude, I, just, I have this crazy story yeah? about Eric Morello, and I probably said this before, but it was in like an old episodes. Uh-huh. But I'll say it again because it's crazy. Yes, please. It was. It was at um. <laughs> At a, at a club out here, in town. it was at a, it was at a Vegas club, uh-huh. and this is when all uh, nothing could stop me. I'm all the way up. Yeah, oh, twenty sixteen. Yeah, it was that was the biggest song I think of the time. Mm-hmm. Eric Murillo was spinning this after hours, and I was there and I was watching him, and I'm like, this is insane. It was just like this is amazing. Mm-hmm. He's fucking killing this shit. And the owner went up to him. This is like a major owner of a Las Vegas nightclub. Went up to him and it said, "Look, hey, we got bottles coming out." And he's like, um, "Can you can you play that song when the bottles come out?" Mm-hmm. So then Eric Murillo turns off the monitor. So like I was kind of close to the DJ, but I was like maybe 15 feet away. Yeah. So when he shut it off, I like, "Oh, I could kind of hear what was going on." Uh-huh. And he fucking yelled at the owner. He went up to his face like here. Uh-huh. And he's like, he says something. I don't remember the exact words, but he said something in effect like, he's like, who the fuck do you think I am? He's like, do I look like DJ Vice? Jesus. Damn. <laughs> and not to discredit, Vice is yeah, a yeah. great DJ. No, it, nice but guy. it was his way of saying, I'm not an open format DJ. Mm-hmm. Like, you you brought me here. You know what I do. Don't tell me to do open format You know what to shit. expect from me. You've seen my work. Yeah. yeah. I'm an artist. <laughs> and then he just turned around and turned, turned the monitor back up. And I was just like, <gasps> where he yelled at the owner like that. Yeah, yeah. And fuck. I was like, fuck. And oh then, my God. and at some point in the night, the owner came back to him and apologized. Jesus. And we never heard that song again. <laughs> like, we didn't hear that song that night. But I'll never That's forget crazy. that shit. Rest in peace, Eric Novella. Rest, <laughs> rest in peace. But that was the most insane shit I've. And it was like, this is a big owner. Yeah. Like this. This is not. Yeah, I mean, some, Top of dog. Most, some of the most insane nights I've ever experienced in Vegas was with Aaron Murillo, man. So God rest his soul, because he would come in. It would usually be on a holiday weekend, mm-hmm. like Memorial Day or Labor Day. Yeah. And I, I honestly think the sun was up by the time yeah, he, he got used to DJ. DJ these sets from like he used to start. At, I don't know, like three or four so like a.m. Right? Yeah, three yeah. four. Yeah. And then he would go to like 10 a.m. or something yeah. maybe till like noon or something. Like 12 shit. o'clock yeah. 11 yeah. insane bro mm-hmm. I remember one time the sound guy it was so early in the morning the sound guy cut the sound off and he just kept playing with his monitor and the crowd was just rocking with his monitor they were like the club was just like yo like it's like literally like 8 in the morning like yeah. we gotta go 
<laughs> I'm just, I, you know, for for me, like, you got to respect, like, the one thing that bothered me about this tweet is just, like, you got to respect the DJs who are masters in their field. Yeah. yeah. If, if not even that, respect the fact that the DJs who are, like, learning and devoting <laughs> their time and energy to this craft. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. The same as you. Mm-hmm. You know, like when we were coming up, Neville, we never disrespected radio DJs. No. We never disrespected mixtape DJs. Mm-hmm. We never no, like talked shit about nobody. Nobody, we, man. We respected everybody. Mm-hmm. And if anything, the radio, mixtape, all of them other DJs got more fame than the, the working club DJs. Everybody yeah. kind of coexist. more known, yeah. Yeah, they were more known. Mm-hmm. And actually, at that time, it was just like, we actually shut the fuck up when they would come in and they would try to... You know, like, because a lot of these radio mixtape DJs at the time would try to do, they would try to do club sets. If anything, when these mixtape and radio DJs would come in, they would get booked sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we know they don't have a club background. And they would they would struggle to hold down the club. We would actually help them and look out. Yeah. Of course, yeah. And we would, like, you know, have their backs and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, it, I feel like that's, like, we're missing a lot of that. It's like, I mean, we would it's hate. Like, it's like everyone, like, everyone for themselves now. Yeah, there's no unity. There's there's no, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we talk about this all the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't let your hate for a genre of music or a genre that you don't pleasingly like to play, don't let that fool you and disrespect the DJs in that field because they don't, you know, they don't deserve that type of shit. Like, you should be, you know, aware. Like, a three-point shooter is not going to do what a center does or, a, you know, a power forward. Like, it's it's different. It's different. Yeah. Everybody should respect them. And I'm all for competition, but like healthy, right? Like healthy competition. Like hearing yeah, get someone inspired. that's, hearing someone you, that's makes dope. Makes you better. Makes you want to do better. Inspired. Yeah, I don't want. I'm not going to hear someone that's dope and want to like kind of you know shit on. Yeah, but it, shit like that just sounds like oh yo, he's like these EDM DJs or house DJs are killing it. But it's like I could do that. Yeah. Then why you know, don't I could do, do that? Then why aren't you doing yeah, this shit? Do, 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 you know what I mean? It's like or just like you like put up shut up these days. Or like yo, that's that shit got to be so easy because they just mix in one twenty. Didn't do that shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, like see how it sounds. See, see how, how easy it is. Yeah, I mean, it's like for me, I like yo. There's there's a there's a ton of DJs that are good. There's a ton of DJs that are bad. But it's like if you diss a whole fucking category of DJs, mm-hmm. that's crazy to me. Like I would never fucking do that. Yeah. Let alone yeah. publicly do that on a Twitter. Like like you wouldn't you wouldn't want them to say oh yeah all open format DJs are fucking whack. Yeah. It's, it's so easy. Anybody could do that. You don't want anybody to play the hits. Anyone can play the hits. Or you just lowbrow and be like, yo, all open format DJs are fucking like, are just whores. They just yeah. play for the crowd. Mm-hmm. And they and you know what, man? Like, I think we are, though. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> We're definitely Grand Theft Auto whores out here. Uh, I got a question, though. Do y'all know what Riz is? Riz from New York, from the legendary... Uh, <laughs> Shit. Uh, no? You know what Riz is? No. I think so, yeah. What is Riz? Like swag? Like Yeah. It's like a new it's, <laughs> it's a new swag, right? Oh, like a new swag it's not thing. a legendary DJ from oh, okay. yeah, I'm It is about a legendary <laughs> Riz is a legendary <laughs> DJ from yeah. New York. No, I'm sorry, that, that's not what you're meaning here. No. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like a, a new a new saying of someone got game. Like charisma. Yeah. Yeah. Trust charisma. So it's just Riz. <laughs> yeah, it's like like here's an example. Like, um, Yo, the girls at this club, they be hooking up with dudes and you don't even need Riz. It's like you don't even need to you be don't need to be fresh. Right. Not, 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 not bad for an old dude that knows the hidden slang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got that. You got that. <laughs> so it's, it, it gradually came from drip. So it's, it's like you see drip, me, if you see me pick up a girl, I'll be like, yeah. yo, his Riz, his Riz is phenomenal. 
Yeah. You got phenomenal riz. Pause. Is that a New I'm York? Is that a New York? Thing? I'm probably saying it wrong. Yeah, you, you, you some old head saying. I'm like it. saying it in an old head way. It's like, what what is is that? Like used to say cap. <laughs> no cap. <laughs> is that like a new New York thing? Where'd you hear that? I don't. I I just been hearing it around. I've really never like, heard riz. I've just been hearing it on social media. That's social media. Riz. <laughs> they just talk about riz. Got a lot of riz. Yeah, huh? we be kind of grown. <laughs> It'd be like, yo, that dude got so much money, he got no riz, yo. Oh, that's a cool wow. statement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he got all money and no riz. Like, no yeah. swag. No yeah. swag. Yeah. Or he, can't, or he can't get shorties. It's really about just getting laid, I think, right? Yeah. It's just about, like, like, like yeah. it's like charisma with shorties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I, I was see. just wondering if y'all motherfuckers knew. No, we did not know what riz is. You've been hanging out with uh, Jaden the Vengeance too much. <laughs> I've been dying to, like, say it in something. <laughs> but it, like, there's no way of conversation. It's funny though because I remember when you found out the word mid. Oh, everything was mid after that. Like, oh, I was, love mid. Mid, mid is like, like one of those dope words. Yeah, cricket was overusing. Mid. I'm like, I'm mid. gonna use it. But I've like, really, I've really grown to appreciate cap too. Yeah, cap. That's cap. Yeah, that's cap. You know, what's so funny. Like some of these words, it sounds me being older. It sounds like fucking stupid. But then I think back when I was younger, using words like, "Oh, that shit is whack." That shit sounds just as probably dumb to someone. That was older than me back in the day, so you gotta appreciate these new slangs that people are saying. The what kids was are like saying some that. of the whack? Like I'm, we used to say, like, "Yo, that dude is dumb, fresh," but that yeah. shit is stupid. <laughs> That's stupid. That's dumb. stupid. Like stupid was like the dopest shit. <laughs> or fat. Yo, man, you see, you see yeah, those P H A T P H A T fat. You seen those new Nike X rays? That shit is stupid. <laughs> used to say that. What else did we say? That's hype. Scratch out. Hype, yo. That's hype. Yeah. Hype beast. <laughs> You know what's funny? Like every city had their own slang. Oh, yeah. 1,000. Yeah. Every city is like, and that was what was dope at the time though, right? Yeah. Because if like, if I heard an album from LA, I would hear all the LA slang from in that album, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if you heard like a Miami or down South, you hear all the slang from there. And then it was just like, that's, it was really like music yes, at, in the 90s. Yes. Was like communication. It was yeah, like before, it was like social media. You were getting like this entryway into this world. It's almost so like, like Morse code. It was <laughs> different cities. Like, I swear, if you saying. listen to some in the Bay, you would hear hella, hella, hella. Like like E Forty had all the slang. Buster, right? yeah. Like we Mark. Buster I didn't Martin. know what Mark was. <laughs> like I would listen to like Cash Money albums, and he would be like, "Oh, my old lady." I'm like, "Who? What's his old lady?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like that was slang for that. That was your woman. Yeah, that's your woman. Like, that's my old lady. You know what I mean? I'm like, what? Like shit like that, like you would never hear on the West Coast. It's it's funny. Like even I remember I would like if I visited anywhere outside of New York, they would ask me about like Cuban links, like Raekwon and uh, you know the Raekwon album with Ghostface. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're like, yo, what are Wallabies? They like keep <laughs> talking shoes, about Wallabies. Bro. Yeah, but they didn't know that shit. Nah, and they'd be like, yo, I'd be like, oh, it's Clark's. It's like shoes. They'd be like. He's talking about shoes? Yeah. Is that what he's like dying blue and gray? I'm like, yeah, he's talking about shoes and shit. They were like, yo, I didn't know that. Yeah, LA don't know nothing about no wallabies. I wanted to talk about this, but one of the one of the biggest hip-hop groups or one of my favorite hip-hop groups of all time mm-hmm. who started a lot of slang. They started so much slang, right? Yeah. They had like their own code language. Yeah. It's De La Soul. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, I wanted to do this tribute to, you know, Rest in Peace, True Goy, yeah. mm-hmm. um, The Dove, Plug two, mm-hmm. um, the one of the most unique groups in hip hop ever, yeah. ever, and I, it was De La Soul. Yeah, it was like they had they brought so much terminology. They brought Jimmy, right? Well, that was actually they got that from the Jungle Brothers. Oh yeah, but it was the native tongue, Brosky. right? Yeah, but they they shortened it to Jimmy. Jimmy, right? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I mean, it was it was Jimmy. Mm-hmm. They started Buddy. 
Yeah. Jenny was like pussy, right? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Sure. Jenny was pussy. Buddy yeah. was like what? Like it was pussy. It's like a one night stand or something. I was like shit. a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had all these terminologies. Uh-huh. They were so unique. They had like they call themselves plug one, plug two, plug three. Yeah. And it was like it's and, and true goy he he named he he was named after yogurt like, yeah. that's yogurt backwards so. yeah his name is true goy no which is yogurt backwards <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yo they were like the most unique group at the time because they were they entered in 89 or something 88 and it, 88 and mm-hmm. it was at that time rap was like run it was like still gold chain leather jackets da- dapper dan yeah suits like rock troop, him yeah wearing troop yeah. Like fucking uh, gold MC- chains, MCM. gold chains, gold rings. Yeah, MCM sweatsuits and like all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, rap was like still in this like kind of drug dealer era. Yeah, yeah. where motherfuckers was like trying to look like crack dealers. Mm-hmm. Shit. And it's like here came De La Soul, and they were like these hippie black, like hip hop hippies, hippies, hip-hop hippies but like yeah. nerdy, like yeah, like the nerdy kids. Mm-hmm. They're like, like I feel like, like psychedelic shirts. Yeah, fucking gold medallions. Yeah. That weird haircuts that had the dreads with Af- the fade. Yeah, Afrocentric. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's funny because it, w- it was like De La Soul was this alternative, this new alternative to this stereotype of how hip-hop or rappers were in the 80s. Kind of like this, the toughest dude on the block with the most gold chains, the most money. He was a womanizer. You know, he could get any girl he wanted. You know, he had um, he was infallible. He had the best cars. He had the most money. He was the coolest motherfucker on the block, the toughest motherfucker on the block. That was like the stereotype of of what a rapper and hip-hop was. And then you had this alternative of like De La Soul and even the native tongues in general, um, you know, from Jungle Brothers, De La, uh, Tribe Called Quest, Black Sheep, to Queen Latifah, Moni Love, and on and on. You had this alternative like representation of hip hop. It was it was educated. They were they were, they spoke intelligently. They spoke consciously. They cared about social issues. There was l- less focus on materialistic things. You know what I mean? Like all these superficial things like money and 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 uh, you know jewelry and all of this shit. But De La, out of all the even De La Soul out of all the native tongues. They they didn't take themselves that seriously. There was this layer of humor and fun and like they these motherfuckers were like pranksters, you know. They they were they were joking on everything. They were joking on the the the, the industry, the scene, and everything. And it was it was just it was so unique. And it's it definitely spoke to me at that age of in middle school when you know you just didn't take anything seriously. And you knew you weren't the toughest motherfucker on the block. And the shit they spoke about was just more real. And you related to them. They really spoke to me. Yeah. It was like the turning point. It was like almost what happened with rock and roll when uh, like hair metal was like going out. Like yeah. all these hair metal bands was going out and then Nirvana was coming in. Yeah. yeah. And it's like this grunge band era. Mm-hmm. And that was the Native Tongues and that was De La Soul. Yeah. Damn. And look, like I love the Jungle Brothers, but to me De La Soul was like... It, they, they, they took would, it to another level. They took it to, and like Tribe took it to another level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But De La, like, and I want to really big up De La and I want to big up True Roy because they're, what, their first six or five albums are being released. Six right? albums. Their first six, six albums al- are yeah. being released on March 3rd. Yes. Yep. And I really think, I don't know if you've ever experienced these albums, but it's like you have to listen to these albums. Especially the first three albums. First three, yeah. The first two, the definitely. first two definitely. Then the third one was just like the third and fourth 
was just as good. I mean, they was all good. Yeah. But definitely the first two albums. The first album, Three Feet High and Rising, when you listen to that, the interludes, everything about that album is groundbreaking. Nobody was to, doing it. You have to think, that album came out in 88. Mm-hmm. 89. 89. March 3rd. It was, ins- it was fucking insane. It was like the most insane shit I've ever heard. Yeah. The amount of samples they layered on top of each other. The amount of... It, it wasn't even just the samples. It was like the samples they was using. Yeah. At the time, nobody was like using... They was using like children, children soundtracks. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Hall and Notes, Steely, Steely Dan, like fucking rock and roll pop music. And nobody was doing that at the, at the time. At that time, a lot of rappers were sampling James Brown mm-hmm. or um, Big Up to um, Breakbeat Lou. They were sampling um, Ultimate Breakbeat albums. Yeah, yeah. Majority of that. So when De La Soul came out, it was like so left field that it was, it was just different. That first album, Three Feet High and Rising, is probably one of the most groundbreaking albums ever mm-hmm. for for rap, for production, for creativity. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that album started the interludes. Yeah, there oh, were yeah. no interludes, there were no skits mm-hmm. in albums before that. Yeah, so like yeah. you wouldn't have a chronic. You know, everyone's like, "Oh man, the chronic Dr. Dre was like so. It was like theatric. It was like I was watching a movie. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have that if there wasn't De La Soul." Yeah. Straight out of Compton didn't have that from NWA. No, they didn't really have it. Not like that, that man. This was like crazy. It was like the, the way they put the work into the interludes was insane. Mm-hmm. I really think De La Dude. set the stage for that, and they really set the stage for that for De La Soul is dead. Yeah, because De La Soul is dead. The way it's the way the album plays out. It's like back in the day we used to have these audiobooks. Do you remember do you remember this? Audiobooks? Yeah. No, no. So like what oh man, man. This is remember this shit back in the day? Like yeah. so when Star Wars came out, right? Uh-huh. Like I was a big fan of Star Wars. Not everyone could buy the VHS tape or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you literally had an audio tape with a a book of photos. I remember those. And yeah. you would play the audio tape, and the audio tape would kind of tell the story, tell the story. Uh-huh. of the crazy. movie, and you'd like read it. Mm-hmm. But they, oh. and it, but they would have this thing like Bing, turn the page. Yeah. So whenever oh, you I heard that, that now. I remember that. Now. It'd be like Bing, turn the page. So De La Soul did that shit with a second album, and they had a whole cartoon and a comic book inside, so that you would have to turn the page. Mm-hmm. It was like so groundbreaking. And it was next level. Out of the box, yeah. Out the box. Dude. The production with Prince Paul was out the box. I, you know, Dude, it, I, I got a great De La Soul, Soul story. Yeah. First time I ever seen him perform live in concert. Mm-hmm. It was in um, 88 at Studio 54. They had, the only single they had at the time was um, Plug Tune In, which is big in New York. So, and it was, so when they got on stage, nobody knew what they looked like because they never did a video. That um they didn't have an album out, so nobody knew what they yeah nobody knew what they looked like. Was it getting played on the radio? Big time, all the time. Yeah, it was like a big song in New York. Plug tune in. Yeah. So when they get on stage, everybody knew the song, and that was it. So when they get on stage, everybody was like shocked because it was like they came on stage wearing all these paisley shirts, fucking um, Afrocentric bags, weird haircuts like dreads with the with the fade. And that was like so different. So everybody was just like in shock. They was like, yo, what the fuck is this? They were really freaked out by the hair. I remember that. Yeah. They used to talk so much shit about Chugoy because he, he had the, the most unique haircut out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had like uh, like twists. He kind of, it was like a, the Gumby, but it was. But it had twists. It was like layered, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it was faded. Yeah. It was great. It was like a Big Daddy Kane with like a Gumby and twists. It was like, it was insane. Yeah. So the first one they performed, they, it was three, they came on stage and they had like maybe three of their homies from, that they hang out with was on stage with them. The first one they performed was Jennifer. Notions, 
soothe the mood. Dove was lost in daylight heaven. Screen plug two, did the do. Jennifer, oh Jenny. So you know how that song goes. Yeah, yeah. It's like da 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 da. It was just, it was so non hip hop that the crowd was just like, they was like wondering, well, what the fuck is this? They was mm-hmm. just like looking around. And then after they finished performing it, they was like, you know what? Y'all not ready for this yet. Then they went into um, Potholes in My Lawn. And then that was even weird. So, but everybody was feeling the beat a little bit. They was like, all right, this is all right. This is all right. But it wasn't like huge. Like, so next they did um, Pluck Tunings. So that's the song that everybody knew and they was waiting for. And they did their thing. But that crowd was not feeling De La Soul when they first saw them. Damn. But I was just like, yo, I was, I was so amazed. I was just like, every after that um, concert, I went to the record store every week asking, yo, you got that new De La Soul record? You got the new De La Soul record? And it was just like fucking, they blew my mind. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was, it was so different, man. It was so different at the time. I can only compare it to like what Tyler the Creator was for the, maybe this new generation. Yeah. Except that music is to me way more groundbreaking than. Tyler the Creator. Yeah, it's funny. Like in my in my dreams, my dream is that when their catalog releases on March third, is mm-hmm. third. Yeah, I, I, my dream is that the youth will will like be affected by it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's been how many years since anyone's had access to this, like the public. Do it, man. Fifteen. Um, around there, yeah. Fifteen, ten years. You know what? Well, and you can't buy their shit anywhere. It's you, I mean, CDs. you can buy the CDs, but you can't. It was never available to stream. It's not streamed, but even you know MP3s, right? Daylight Soul, they did one day. They they decided to put the music out themselves for one day. So if you had assets, you could download all the all them albums. Oh, really? They did it illegally, yeah, and got away with it. <laughs> they only did it for that one day. Yeah, because you, you couldn't even buy the MP3s. No, that's what I'm saying. Damn, that's nah. crazy. Would you say that that was like the first rap group that was like? Like party rocking, like they, what was their style? Because I'm I'm so like ignorant to Daylight yeah. Soul's catalog. So you gotta understand, like it wasn't that, even party rocking. It was not, it was the opposite I mean, that's of the, party. That's the feel I got. Okay, from so listening to their music. The first the time I've ever heard from Daylight Soul was in 2005. I, I 2004 2005. I got NCAA football. It's a video game, and me myself and I is the the opening credit song. Mm-hmm. So that's the that was my introduction to them. And then outside of that, I knew them because they had a a Nike uh, shoe. You got to understand, every song at, in the 80s, right, is about braggadocious rap. Yeah. And then they're talking about how much money they have, how many sh- how many bitches they this got, like a, what car what they driving. Yeah. And then here they come with me, myself, and I, proud and proud of who I am. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they're coming from like- Talk about daisies. Yeah, daisies. <laughs> daisies is another metaphor for pussy, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I mean, so the, the, the daisy cartoon, the yellow shit, that's- yeah. pu- that's Oh, all like wow. Pussy. Yeah, that's like the Dude, daisy. Dude, that's yeah. a Nike shoes, and it's, they go like, the resale value for their shoes is crazy, but it's, yeah, literally, it's a, it has those daisies all over the place. But it, the, the, the great thing is like, when you listen to music now- it's so um it's so like lurid like mm-hmm. they're just so they're just cursing they're talking about pussy dick you know she popping pills and shit. popping pills it's like you needed code words back in the day right like that was the dope shit is like you couldn't say it out loud so you had to be creative and every city had their own creative way of saying gun saying drugs right saying pussy saying whatever 
And it's like now there's no code words for really anything. They just say it. They just say <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying? Even yeah. like R&B songs, like it was a little bit more descriptive. It was a little bit more like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. yeah. taste your love, Horace Brown, you yeah. know? It was like go, go downtown. downtown. <laughs> we, you know what I'm saying? There was there was all these things, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I mean, the most I I remember the most shocking song at the time that was like, "Oh my god, like you're not listening to this." And I was in junior high, I think. Was calling me bad. I want to sex you up. Yeah, yeah. that was like there was like oh, we, we don't know if we can play this on the radio. Yeah, and like there was the first time like like girls in my school couldn't buy the single. <laughs> like they, like their parents would have let them buy. I want to sex you up. Yeah, like you can't listen to that shit. Yeah, that was like because it was so out there. It was like I want to sex you up. Yeah, mm-hmm. when everything else was just more suggestive. Yeah. yeah, but that was the yeah De La Soul. Like I was asking because my my introduction to them I feel like was probably Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like that was like more party, you know what I mean? And then I heard like stuff. Fun, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I heard their catalog, some most of the catalog later, and I was like, okay, they, they, there's more to it. But that always stuck out to me, like that that like party aspect mm-hmm. of it. Like they had like great records like that. I love that shit. But it's like the, you got to. It actually goes back to the Jungle Brothers, like really that black mm-hmm. is black is black yeah. is black. Mm-hmm. They were actually like talking about just being proud to be black. Yeah. yeah. And it was it was like a more positive black representation of an educated black man, educated black women mm-hmm. who weren't, you know, who weren't living for just money mm-hmm. and like material items and shit. They were talking about real things in life. Yeah. yeah. That's really the whole native tongues. It was just like more it was this different representation. Like moment I talk about this thing, he, he Moma always brings up that there was a meeting of, of these record executives in like the nineties, or like yeah, I think it was in the nineties when they were like, "Look, there's there's too much black consciousness going on, and we need to stop this shit." So there was like literally these like record executives in a room, like some Illuminati shit. And that's when they were like pushing more gangster rap. I heard of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when you had like the chronic. Yeah. And you had like all this gangster rap come back Dark. to like kind of keep polluting the the minds of like black inner city kids and neighborhoods. I wonder if that's why Tupac and went from. You think that's why the native tone broke up? <laughs> now that we talk about. No, but they shit. talk about they the key moment mentions this a lot, and we have this conversation, and actually common talked about it with i used to love her right Mm -hmm. he talks about how hip-hop started and they started getting educated and then by the third verse he was saying that it went to gangster rap all right Mm -hmm. so like they this this i don't know if there's any truth to this i mean it sounds like it but it was it was like literally after that that was a turning point and everything just kind of stayed gangster and it's like now it's just all we hear yeah so it's kind of like it's it's a question but that was a really amazing time for hip hop because it was actually cool to be educated yeah. and it was cool to be Muslim. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and every, you know, being me being a Korean American, right? I was like learning about black culture. Yeah, because you, you also had like brand Nubian. Right. I learned the about Muslims. Ed's, Ed's clan. I, le- you know, I was learning so much about black history. Even KMD. Yeah. I was just learning about black history. I was learning about, I learned so much from the 90s hip hop yeah and how to carry myself even just like re- respectful like it, it was all the songs about respecting women right yeah 
it was just it was it was just kind of like when you think about it it's such a 180 from Yo, the what jungle puppies even right have a song called black women yeah it was just such a different the, the, fucking time well maybe there is truth to that because for it to turn that quickly into like what it became it's kind of crazy to go from literally like three years yeah like we're talking about a really short span of time because the chronic came out in what 93 92 92 and dude you had like queen yeah. latifah ladies first yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you and ity yeah moni love was killing yeah. it at the mm-hmm. time yeah you know it was just like it was a very different era of of hip-hop but yeah. it just completely fucking changed and the gear was crazy like the african medallions mm-hmm. i used to love yeah. that stuff man like the daishikis the dreads yeah, man. Like but, that, that was the first time, not to cut you off, that was the first time I think that my grandparents, um, they were cool with me listening to hip hop because they were very conscious. Like they were like big hippies. Like they were very into like peace and love. And like obviously I couldn't listen to like the NWAs, the DJ Quicks, like the things that I that was I had access to. But when like, you know, Tribe, Daylight would be on the TV, like the Fugees, like they were kind of okay with that. Like, oh, that's like, that's not a horrible message. You can listen to that. So like that kind of always stuck out to me. And like, you know, obviously being a grown man now, I see why, but at the time I didn't understand the difference. And I, I think the strength behind that, that whole movement was the music was so good. Yeah. yeah. It was like undeniable mm-hmm. because it's like you, we've had conscious rap before, but yeah. the music wasn't good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But this yeah. music was good. Yeah. It was like, and it was groundbreaking the way they sampled and the lyrics, the way they were rhyming. Yeah. And the voices were so good. Like, True Goy's voice was just so recognizable. Mm-hmm. He had, he, to me, he's one of the greatest voices in hip hop. Yeah. You know, he's up there with Q Tip, Fife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just so unique at the time how everyone sounded. Where were they from in New York? They're from Long Island. Long Island. Long Island. Okay. Yeah. Which was like another thing. We we're just like, oh yeah, shit, yeah, there's no rappers. Well, well, you had EPMD, mm-hmm, but yeah. that was some gangster shit, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But it was like you saw this other side of of hip hop that really represented my generation. Yeah, where we weren't drug dealers. You know what I'm saying? We didn't want to be drug dealers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we didn't identify with the drug deal rap. Like we still yeah. fuck with it, but it's like it didn't. It didn't speak to us. It didn't represent us. Yeah. And then, like, De La Soul was even embraced by, like, the hardcore hip-hop um, performers at the time. Like, Karis one Big Daddy King, Run DMC. They was, like, loving Run. They was loving De La Soul. Yeah. And they knew that was the future. They even said it. They was like, yo, this is some different shit. And it sounds really good. So, yeah. it's it To me, it's a shame that they, you know, De La went through this whole battle to get their music out. Yeah, and right at the cusp of when their music's gonna get released, True Guy passes away. Damn, it's just so bittersweet. And you know what? They was working on a new album with Prince Paul, mm. so I'm pretty sure that's gonna come out soon. Or that's what I guess that's why True Guy wasn't at the Grammys when at that performance. Well, right? you know, yeah, he was sick. Right, he was in the hospital, and then he and then he passed. Yeah, damn, it's really sad. I I I really I can't speak more highly, and I really. I really urge everyone when their when their music gets released on streaming platforms to listen. Please do it. To the first three albums. Yeah. It's just so ground the first two definitely, man. Mm-hmm. It's just so groundbreaking. It's like, you know, when I think about that era and that and that music, I would not be like the person I am today if it wasn't for De La Soul. It's just it's just it they actually like, you know, they almost raised me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like from junior high to high school. Yeah. 
they, they it's like I learned so fucking much from from that yeah. from them and that music. Yo, you know what? If y'all get a chance, y'all should um, go on YouTube. There's like a documentary that De La Soul put out, and it was like kind of a promo package for Three Feet High Rising, and they talk about how they got together, how they put the album together, mm-hmm. and they even go through like the the samples they use, and it was like it's only six minutes long, but it. It tells you everything about them. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah. yeah. Well, rest in peace, True God. Yeah, man. 2017, I actually, which is crazy, not thinking about it now. I actually got a chance to like kick it with them and hang it with with, uh, with Zach, Zach Gibman. Oh yeah. They were in town for Life Is Beautiful. Oh wow. And they were staying at the um the Mandarin Oriental. Uh, sorry, they were staying at the Mandarin Oriental, and we went from there to the fairgrounds on their tour bus. Got carted in, and I got to watch their whole performance. Man, it was nasty. Yo, they're really. You know, I actually got a chance to meet them. They got net. Like the performance was nasty. Yeah, they they performed at Instant Coins. Uh It was a spot that used to be in Vegas downtown. Downtown. Shout out to DJ Eighty Eight. I haven't seen it in a minute, but Bree, she knew them and she introduced me to them, and I was just like, oh, I couldn't even believe it. Yeah, even I was able to take a picture with them. And it was just like, and then uh, I never forget the crowd went crazy because they they did their thing. They went off stage. The gorillas came out. Did oh. they think? And then they came back and did Feel Good Ink together. It mm-hmm. was the crowd was like oh. losing their shit. Oh my god! When Feel Good Ink came right, on, right. Yeah, at Tru- the beginning where he like yells, True Goy is True Goy yeah. killed that. Shit. You know what? Yeah. Crooked. We saw them at the opening of Marquee. Yeah, and they performed. They were good there too. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were bananas. Yeah, it's it's just so dope to see like uh like your heroes perform. Yeah. And I think I briefly met them and they were like the coolest motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish uh yeah. damn man. I, I'm really kinda heartbroken about that And it's like shit. it's it's sad because you know you would never get to see them perform again in concert. Because I don't think Pots are gonna continue. I would just Pots and Maceo, they, I would have loved for True Goy to see the reaction. Yeah. I would, I just feel for the some feedback. reason yeah. in my gut, I feel like the release of their music is gonna affect culture right at yeah. right now. I'm probably just dreaming. I'm probably no, just because like hoping you know, because no, people, definitely, like people definitely gonna be checking them out when this check the release when these albums drop they're gonna definitely check it out dude I'm like I'm hoping like three so, like four or five songs from their their two albums mm-hmm. like just go on TikTok and no, go viral I, I want all yeah. six of these albums yeah. to, to chart in the top ten <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you yo what's what's your all time favorite De La Soul song dude give me a top three think of your top three just yeah right. I'm thinking of it buddy one of my favorites um it's so many man but definitely buddy's like one of my favorite day soul songs because it had them the jungle brothers and tropical quest right i don't want to say the obvious i want to say me myself and i even though i love that song but <laughs> The one song that always stuck out to me, like I said, man, uh, whenever I think of De La Soul, it's got to be Saturday. Just because it's like, it has like a disco feel, so it's like really, really danceable. I love that song, man. And then when I finally actually started DJing, that was like a record that I just always loved spinning. They were so ahead of their time because they were bringing that uh, that roller skate rink energy. Yes, yeah, yeah. And they even they even called it like a roller skate rink mm-hmm. uh, ballad or jam. Yeah. It was just like, it, they were just so ahead of their time. Uh, I can't even speak. My favorite song from them is probably Say No Go. Uh-huh. Where they sampled uh, Hall & Oates. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, 
and I think never this was one of your favorites too. It was Oodles and O's, right? Oodles and Oodles and O's and Oodles and Oodles and Oodles and O's. Oh yes, Oodles and Oodles and O's. Yes, the first song off of the first album, the second album. Second, I'm sorry, yeah, Las Olas. It was the first song from the second album, and it just started the way it started. It was just like, yo, this. You know what? Biddy's in the Biddy's in the BK lounge. I love that song. Hotter than the mist was the BK logo. What we said, well, what do you know? This chick thought I was trying to play fly. Which is an amazing song. Yes. Which is a song of uh, the perspective from each member of the group. Yes. Uh, like dealing with some bullshit at Burger King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like one of them is like like a, a fan fanning out on True Goy. Another yeah. one is Pastanus working at Burger King, mm-hmm. dealing with like some bitchy customer. <laughs> it's just it's kind of genius because yeah. like no one would have ever made a song about that. I know. And IMB. I am I am IB. Yes. That is to me one of the I would put it in one of the top ten production hip hop songs of all time. Wow. You know what's so wait. dope about it? If you listen to that album, it starts off with like an instrumental of it before they go into the song. Like like on the fifth song you just hear the the horns dun 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 dun. And then it comes back like four songs later and then they start rapping over it. No, like literally, um, the the thought and the time it must have taken to make the song, they literally have every rapper in hip hop singing the chorus, mm-hmm. and then the, and then it's just like it's just the most like layered musically ingenious like, they got, they got track I've ever heard Q- in my Q-tip life. Q-Tip says something. They got Busta Rhymes to say something. Everything. Prince um, Paul, of course. Yeah. Wow. I have to play this. Hold on one second. I'm shorty. I be for eleven. I am. I be. I am. I, I am. Are you taking now? <laughs> I am Patrick. I'll do that I be the biggest. I am shorty. In the world. I be for eleven. I am Jack. And I, am I have like everyone in hip hop. In the chorus. I am Joanne. I be for eleven. Shoulder. I am Chip. I am again. That's Chip from Fushnickens, right? Yeah. I be for eleven. Wait, what year is this? Um, 93. 93. Listen to this production. It's crazy. I am Pasta Noose. I be the new generation of slaves here to make papes to buy a record exec rates. The pile of revenue I create. But I guess I, I don't get sure. a cut Cause I my rent's I'm on flake Product up on North I remember Carolina when this first came out uh-huh. I had goosebumps listening yeah, to the shit I, I still have goosebumps yeah, listening to this shit, man didn't see me grab the plug to fame As we go a little something like this No uh. no protection Now I got a daughter named Ayana Monet And I could play the cowboy to rustle in the dough So the scenery is healthy with her eyes lay I am an early bird, but the feathers are black. So the apples that I catch are usually all worms. But it's a must to decipher. I wish I wish I could see them perform this. I've I never know, heard them perform this. But that piano work is crazy. But the layers here, yeah, yeah. You, you hear keyboard. I watch for the Then horns come in. It's then, just like so layered. So the guys that's playing in the background is Maceo Parker, Fred Wesley, and PB Ellis. All the original from, from jazz. The, from the JB. Breaks. No, JB. Yeah, from the from James Brown JB band. Yeah. Is that a flute? I guess we got our own life to live. Dude, this has so many layers. It has flutes, keyboards, guitars. Oh Every now and then I step to the now. For now, I see back then I might have acted like a fool. Now I won't apologize for it. I'm just going to skip to the chorus. 
judge the next who handles all the things I be, baby, cause that's how he wants to be. No difference. See, I wanna be like the name of this song I am. I mean that's like that third album. This is from the third album, Balloon Mind State. Yeah, there's a, there's just certain songs on that album that are like ingeniously produced. Yeah, another one is Ego Tripping. Give me, give me mine, cause I'm heavy when I weigh it. Watch the way I say it, Ego Trip. Yeah, oh, Ego yeah. Tripping is insane. Yeah, Ego yeah. Tripping is insane. Break of Dawn is insane. Break of Dawn is crazy. Yeah. There's just there's you know what my shit was the um area and then one with the Japanese dude rapping. Oh yeah, yeah. They had an interlude uh, with a, a Japanese guy rapping. That was fucking. It yeah. blew everyone's mind because yeah. no one knew like Asians could rap or there was yeah. like rap. There was even rap existed like outside of it's the um, US. Long yeah. Island Wallen. Yeah, Long Island. That Wallen. was hard, man. This is my favorite song of all time, and it's probably not a well known. Uh, De La Song, but to me, the production was the most insane. <laughs> this time, put it in mellow. Oh, yeah. This is past the plugs. Uh, this was from the second album, De La Soul is Dead. I used to listen to this, like, I probably, like, on repeat for, oh, like, hours. Pass the peas like they used to say. 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 First P is past, I am no ass. Pasta news, plug one to the whole race. Rhyme on a tour, small and mature. Dispatch obscure themes with a map. And then, like, they go through all the plugs. So, plug one was Pasta news, plug two was True Goy, plug three was Maceo, mm-hmm. and plug four was Prince Paul. Yeah. And this was the first time we heard Prince Paul, like, I heard Prince Paul's voice mm-hmm. kind of rap. And I remember I just, I, I remember at this time I was like trying to rap. Mm-hmm. And to me, he had one of the best voices I've ever heard in hip hop. When he started rapping, I was like, and I studied, I studied the way he fucking rapped on his verse. A plot like chapsticks, the songs that slapstick, skizoids with Polaroids gives me such a case. Tribal not tribal. Just had that clear ass voice. Yeah. Just cutting right through. A good kiss got a 40 of Pepsi. A girl in bed style. Something like this. Not for definition. Finish ball. But anyway, please yeah. check out De La Soul. Yeah. Please check that out all three, at, at least all three albums, the first three albums. Mm-hmm. Three Feet High and Rising, De La Soul is Dead, and Balloon Mind State. Yeah. Were you a fan of Stakes is High? I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. Not, not really. really. No. So I, Stakes is High. It sucks, man. I mean, it I, doesn't there suck. Some, there were songs I liked, but it, was, it just didn't have the same energy. I remember because, that video. Yeah. That's the one thing I remember from Stakes is High. Stakes is you High. What? Because they, Prince Paul didn't do production on that album. It, it was, was them. It was, they but did, it was Jay Dilla. Jay Dilla. Another reason the Tribe Called Quest <laughs> fourth album was kind of whack because of Jay Dilla. I can't say it's that. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. There's, you know what? There's a generation after us, mm-hmm. or probably after me, 
that loves Jay Dilla. Yes. Oh yeah, my yeah. generation loves yeah. Jay Dilla. Your generation loves Jay Dilla, yeah, but don't our know. generation, it just like was kind of the change. It was like Dilla yeah, and High Tech, like them yeah. two. Yeah, but that being said, you know, rest in peace, True Goy. Yeah, man. And yes. I'm so glad De La is coming out and I dropping yeah. their, I can't their wait, catalog. Man. I'm gonna be pushing that like crazy, yeah. <laughs> like, so, as if you're the artist. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, just as a reminder, uh, a couple reminders: we are gonna be taking a break in March, mm-hmm. so there aren't gonna be any new episodes. We might drop a bonus episode on YouTube here and there, yeah, in March. But we'll see you on April fifth, April fifth, yeah. Wednesday, uh, and yeah. we're we're gonna come out swinging. So, yeah. trust that. Also, watch, watch out. Yeah. <laughs> also, we're gonna be in South by Southwest. Yes. So come check for us if you're gonna be in Austin area in Austin, Texas. We're having an event on March 16th. Yes, Thursday. on Thursday. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna be uh, kind of like a day event or mm-hmm. evening event. We're gonna like it starts around 6 p.m. We're gonna do live podcasts where we interview motherfuckers. Yeah, and we're gonna have like a bunch of guest DJs there. And then the night's just gonna continue on to like an after party at like 10 o'clock, and we're gonna spin and mm-hmm. we're just gonna have a fucking good time. Like yeah. last year was fucking fun as fuck. Last year was yeah. super yeah. fun. Yeah, and we got a lot of good content like interviewing motherfuckers. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely come out to check us. And if there's any homies in town if y'all want to spin just give us a heads up let us know and we'll put good. you on yeah we'll put you on the lineup and just come through and hang out yeah and let's march 16 tipsy yeah. alchemist just have some fun man let's just yeah. you know yeah. let's do it, up. To it and that being said we'll see you in april yes All right, sir y'all? april 5th All right, peace. Y'all. peace 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 Thanks for tuning into The Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday, we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.